Hey, welcome back, Warrior Kids. My name is Pam Palmiter, and I'm the host of the Warrior Kids podcast, which, as you know by now, is taped before our famous live studio audience cricket. I am a Mi'kmaq professor who has created this podcast to celebrate everything Indigenous and to work with Warrior Kids to help make the world a better place. If that sounds like something you'd like to do, then join us here every Wednesday and learn some really cool things along the way. Well, Warrior Kids, I have got some fantastic news that I just can't wait to share with all of you. But first, let's talk about the news and the weather. (laughs) Okay, I was just kidding, Cricket. I just wanted to see how you would all react. No, even our sneaky alligator doesn't find my joke very funny. Ah, okay, see, my loyal snake found it funny. Or maybe that hiss wasn't a laugh. It's kind of hard to tell. All those snake hisses sound alike. Ah, but my stuffy turtle is looking at me funny, so I better just get on with it. The great news is that our little Warrior Kids podcast was chosen to be featured in the Imaginative Festival this year. Yay! I'm so excited! Imaginative is the world's largest festival of Indigenous media art. That means that they celebrate Indigenous peoples who make movies, videos, documentaries, and even podcasts. Isn't that amazing? I feel so proud to be celebrated alongside all of the other amazing Native peoples from all the different nations whose media art was featured. And you know what? Most of the content in these kinds of art festivals are made for adults. But our podcast is unique because it's made especially for warrior kids. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you, and this is something that Benjamin and Amara are going to be really excited about. The episode that was chosen to be featured in the Imaginative Festival was the Turtle Island episode. Yay! Turtles for the win! This celebration is for all of us. Me, Cricket... My big kids who give me lots of ideas. Lara who makes sure that everything we do is kid-friendly. And of course, the growing number of stuffy animals who keep us company in our homemade podcast studio. But most importantly, all of you, the warrior kids, parents, and teachers. So really, this is our joint celebration. By taking the time to learn more about all the different Indigenous nations on Turtle Island, you are leading the way in reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. What's reconciliation? Well, it means learning more about Native peoples and taking steps to have a better relationship with Native peoples and the Earth. And here's the really cool thing. Instead of grown-ups leading the way... It's warrior kids leading the way, and isn't that just the best? So I tried to find a Mi'kmaq word for this scenario, and the closest one I could think of is the word for celebration. And celebration sounds like bapuahan, bapuahan. So 
Let's make that the word for this podcast. Speaking of celebrations, it's almost time for Halloween. When I was a kid, I used to love Halloween. I just loved getting dressed up in homemade costumes with my siblings or my friends and walking around the neighborhood collecting treats. Back then, we used old pillowcases to carry our treats around from door to door. My favorite part was figuring out what would I dress up for for Halloween? I always had so many ideas, but then I had to figure out, how am I going to make these costumes? Back in my day, there were not really many places to buy costumes. You could only buy like a tiny plastic mask, for example, but that wasn't really a really good costume. So one year, I decided I want to be a witch. And then I had to figure out, how am I gonna make this costume? So. I just read a whole bunch of my books and looked at lots of pictures of what little witches look like and I decided how I was going to do it. So first of all, I got my black dress. I usually use my black dress for formal occasions, but my mom said I could use it for Halloween if I was careful not to get it dirty. Then I added some black tights. And then I took my long hair and made it all messy so that it was just sticking out everywhere. Then, to top it all off, I had to make a tall pointy hat. And I wasn't quite sure how to do that. So I let my brain work on it for a little bit and then I decided I'm going to use old cereal boxes. So I got the cereal boxes cut them up and taped them together so that they were in the shape of a cylinder. And then I turned them inside out and colored them all black. Added a rim around it, used a whole bunch of tape to hold it together, and it all worked together as a Halloween outfit. In fact, I felt very witchy in my costume, and it worked out so well that people knew that I was actually a witch which is the ultimate goal. You always hope when you make a Halloween outfit that people will recognize what it is that you made. The only downside to it was that when Halloween was over, it took my mom a long time to brush the tangles out of my hair. But other than that, I was a very cool witch. Another year, I spent days and days thinking of what I could be for Halloween and I felt like I didn't have any good ideas. I really didn't want to be a witch again, but I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And just when I was about to give up hope, I read a book at the school library about farming. And you might be thinking, what does farming have to do with Halloween? Well, I learned that some farmers put something called scarecrows in their fields to keep birds from eating the seeds that they just planted. I'd never heard of a scarecrow before. And then when I read this book, I was thinking, oh, I get it. A scarecrow is meant to scare crows. Get it? Crows, birds, scare them? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So after I laughed a little bit about the name scarecrow, an amazing idea popped into my head. Yeah, you guessed it. I wanted to be a scarecrow for Halloween. 
Scarecrows can be made in a bunch of different ways, but the ones I've seen were like tall sticks and bunches of hay all stuffed into old clothing to make it look like the outline of a person. Sometimes they also wear hats and you can see the hay sticking out. So I got some of my older brother's really old ripped up plaid button-up shirts and a pair of his old ripped jeans and put them on and then stuffed myself with crumpled up newspaper. I sounded really funny when I walked, but when I put on the hat, even my mother had to admit, I looked like a pretty good scarecrow. And since none of us were followed by any crows as we walked around trick-or-treating, I can only assume it's because I was also a very effective scarecrow. I have seen some other kids with some really crafty and creative costumes over the years. I have seen kids walking around as bananas, apples, and even a bunch of grapes. And these were homemade costumes. The banana was actually a large pair of adult pajamas that were yellow. They were stuffed with newspaper and then tied on each end to make it look like it was curved. And it really looked like a banana. And, oh my goodness, the grapes were so cute. So imagine in your mind a little boy who is dressed in green pajamas, green socks, green rubber boots, and a green hat, and had a whole bunch of green balloons tied to him walking around collecting treats. It was the cutest thing ever. Every once in a while, this little boy would bump into something sharp like a tree branch or a bush and a balloon would pop. It would scare all of us. And then we'd all start laughing out loud. Can you imagine that the scariest costume on Halloween turns out to be a bunch of grapes? And then, of course, every year, there's always a few really funny costume fails. You know, those kind of costumes that try really hard, but don't really work out in the end. There was one year that my friends and I were walking around collecting treats, and we'd often pass by other kids, you know, like on the other side of the road. They're doing their trick-or-treating. Well, we saw this little girl walking with her big brother, and her brother was dressed up as a ghost. Essentially, he was wearing a bed sheet over his head that had little tiny holes cut out of the bed sheet so that he could see where he was going. And it worked. He looked like a legit ghost. But we couldn't figure out what the little girl was. She looked like she was wearing a white cardboard box that was held up by strings. And when you looked really close, the box sort of had like bluish smears in places and what looked like dripping white glue. And we couldn't imagine what on earth is she? Was she meant to be a present? Was she a surprise in a box? We just couldn't figure it out. So we thought, you know what, let's just go up and ask. So we went up to her and her brother and we asked, hey, what are you for Halloween? And she told us that she was a bowl of blue jello. And we all looked at each other, trying to figure out how on earth is this costume a bowl of blue jello? Then her big brother pulled us aside and explained that their parents had said that they could be anything they wanted for Halloween, but they had to make their own costume. 
since the four-year-old little girl had just eaten blue jello for dessert after her supper, she decided she wanted to be blue jello for Halloween. And the little girl didn't want any help making her costume. So her brother went on to explain that the little girl grabbed a cardboard box and tried to glue pieces of jello to it. But when she went to stand up and put the box on, all the jello pieces fell off. Well, we didn't know whether to laugh or to feel sorry for the little girl. But she seemed very proud of her box of jello, so we complimented her on her costume and moved on. There are all different kinds of costumes for Halloween. Cute ones, funny ones, and even scary ones. Though sometimes the scary ones are too scary. So I kind of like the funny ones. I think Halloween costumes can be crafty or creative, but should always be considerate. By considerate, I mean costumes that are funny, scary, or unique, but in ways that are not mean and that don't hurt people's feelings. Considerate costumes are ones which don't make fun of a person's race or ethnicity or use part of their religion or culture in disrespectful ways. Sometimes people don't even know that their costume might be hurtful because they might have seen these costumes before or even bought the costume in a store. Most of us assume that if stores are selling costumes, they would never sell anything that's mean or hurts people's feelings. But even adults make mistakes, and sometimes stores sell inconsiderate costumes. One example of a hurtful costume is when people wear costumes that portray native peoples. Sometimes they look like the headdresses that some of our chiefs wear. Or they might look like dresses meant to represent characters like Pocahontas. These kinds of costumes misrepresent the unique customs, ceremonies, and traditions that go into making headdresses and the cultural importance that they have in many different Native nations. Similarly, Pocahontas outfits do not accurately portray Native women or girls in our traditional clothing, which is very different from nation to nation. These kinds of costumes are offensive, which means they hurt the feelings of Indigenous peoples because they rely on negative stereotypes about Native peoples. Stereotypes are widely held views, beliefs, or ideas in society about a certain group of people, like Indigenous peoples, and are often negative and untrue. It can also refer to an oversimplified idea or an image of a group of people that doesn't actually reflect their actual culture. Take, for example, boys wearing fake headdresses and girls wearing fake Pocahontas dresses. It gives everyone the idea that that's actually how Native people dress, when in fact, that's not the case. Native peoples have been trying for many years to get the stores to stop selling these kinds of costumes because they are so hurtful. And while some stores have agreed and don't sell those costumes anymore, some stores have tried to argue that the costumes are honoring Native peoples. But when you hurt people, it's not honoring people. Even if the stores had good intentions, 
which means even if they wanted to do a good thing, it's not the intention that counts. What matters is the harm that comes to Native peoples from these costumes. These costumes don't properly reflect our cultures, and they lump all Native peoples into one group. It's also a form of cultural appropriation. It's when someone, or a store, takes a part of a Native culture from a specific nation like the Haida or Navajo, and then use it without the permission of the Haida or Navajo. And they use it to make money from costumes or other products with no credit going to that particular nation, and it's used out of its cultural context. Indigenous kids all over Canada and the United States have been working really hard for many years to have these costumes removed and to help people understand why they shouldn't be used. Thank goodness some stores have agreed to stop selling these costumes. And for the other stores, we're going to keep working really hard to make sure they stop selling them as well. But it's not just through buying offensive costumes that can hurt people. There are many different ways in which creating homemade costumes can also hurt people. One of the worst ways is known as blackface. That is when someone tries to look like a black person or African American by painting their face black or wearing wigs meant to mimic their curly hair. You see this a lot in high school or university students who do this thinking that they're being funny. But that's a form of racism, and it really hurts the feelings of black people. Racism is when you make fun of, hurt people, or treat people differently or unfairly because they belong to a certain group, like black people or indigenous peoples. Racism is very hurtful, and sometimes we are not always aware that our actions might be hurting people, which is why it is always important to keep our eyes ears, and minds open to the feelings that are being expressed by other peoples. Even if we don't intend it to be hurtful, sometimes that happens, and the best thing to do is to listen, learn, and take different actions next time. So, with such a fun holiday coming up, we need to take actions to make sure that Halloween is fun for everyone. And the great news is that there's endless amounts of costumes that you can make for Halloween. I mean, if a four-year-old girl can turn herself into a box of jello for Halloween, then certainly we can find costumes that are crafty, creative, and considerate. Okay, okay, Cricket, I will tell them. So first of all, Cricket doesn't like Halloween. He is scared of all the costumes, even the funny ones. So he stays home on Halloween. Now, this year, because of the pandemic, most of us won't be able to go out and trick-or-treat. But I heard a rumor that there's lots of other activities going on. I've been told that some schools are having virtual Halloween parties. That means they're all online so that we can see everybody's really cool costumes. Some neighborhoods are putting together unique packs of treats that they are leaving at each other's doors on Halloween. (laughs) I even heard that some communities are doing Halloween drive-bys. And I thought, what on earth is a Halloween drive-by? Well, it's where everyone dresses up and stands at their doors at a certain time so that people can drive by and see all of the costumes that the kids are wearing. 
It's kind of like driving around and seeing Christmas lights, but this one is for Halloween instead. Well, warrior kids, you never cease to amaze me. It feels like we learned so much today. First of all, we learned how cool we are. So cool, in fact, that our podcast was featured at Imaginative, thanks to all your support and listening ears. We learned that the Mi'kmaq word for celebration is Bapuahan. That's right, Bapuahan means celebration. We learned that there are literally endless ideas for crafty, creative, and considerate costumes. And we learned that we should never choose costumes that could hurt people's feelings. So, warrior kids, what's something that you could do this week to take action about what we've learned about Halloween? You can start planning your Halloween outfit ideas with your parents, or you can talk about crafty, creative, and considerate costumes in your classes with your teachers and all the other students. And for all the warrior kids, artists out there, I would love to see some of your drawings, paintings, and pictures of Halloween. Whatever it is, I would love to hear about it. Oh, and don't forget, in future episodes, we'll be talking to warrior kids just like you about things that you are doing to make the world a better place. Your parents and teachers can contact me through our website contact form at www.warriorkidspodcast.com or they can email us directly at warriorkidspodcast at hotmail.com Thank you all for listening, learning, and acting. Till next time, happy Halloween and later gators!